This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Mason, and thank you for joining us today. Today's game will be pitting two Benchwarmer teams, Scott and Dan versus Matt and Eric. So we'll go ahead and get started with introductions. First, Scott and Dan. Mason, how you doing tonight? We're doing good here. Doing all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, beating these chumps tonight. Oh, we got Matt Calk already. Yeah, I, I owe Eric a, uh, a, a defeat right here for, for last game. So we'll see what happens. All righty. Matt and Eric, anything to say before we get started? Well, everyone knows how terrible I am at sports trivia. So um, we'll just prove that the anchor of me uh, with beating these guys, how good Eric truly is. So We're, we're getting mad at his first win today. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I'll sit here and I'll say, you know that one guy that played left wing uh, for the – uh, who did he play for again? That one guy. You know him, the white guy. Oh, you mean Clark Gillies? Oh, that exactly. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's it. Exactly. I mean, Howard Cross. Pick, 72. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott and Dan, what, are your, what is your team name for the night? Well, we're both on the, uh, on the East Coast, so we're going to be uh, eastbound and down tonight. All right, sounds good. And Matt and Eric? Well, uh, as a lover of all things comedy and baseball, there's nothing better than a good Bob Euchre call, so we're going to be just a bit outside. Welcome to the bench, gentlemen. So now, on to the rules. We'll be starting off with our tailgate round to warm up the contestants. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and the host will explain them as we go along. In the fourth quarter, our contestants will wager from their points accumulated to see who is today's winner. And like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with questions all about movies and or music pertaining to sports. All right, let's get this game underway. So we're starting off with our tailgate round. Three more questions worth 10 points each. Here's your first question. Which NBA player led the league in assists for the most consecutive seasons with nine? We're going to check in. All right, Eastbound Down has checked in. The only reason I thought of uh, Pete Maravich is because of LSU boy here. And I know his love of everything uh, Louisiana. And I thought maybe Pete Maravich might be fresh on Mr. Mason's mind. But uh, then again, Pete Maravich was probably about seven generations before Mason was even born. So I think we go with John Stockton. I've, I'm, I'm always tricked into thinking the obvious answer is not correct. So my obvious choice of an answer was John Stockton. So I'm not going to. It's not fight myself on it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to fight myself on that. Just let's check in with John Stockton. All right, just a bit outside. Let's check in with John Stockton and eastbound and down. Well, if it's not John Stockton, I don't know who it's going to be. So we're going to go John Stockton as well. Well, you are both correct. It is John Stockton. Um, so he led the league from 1988 to 1996, and Bob Cousy is right behind with eight consecutive seasons. Oh. So now we will move on to question number two. Which of the four majors in tennis occurs latest in the calendar year? We're uh, checked in. Just a bit outside is checked in. Eastbound down, you can talk. Yeah, it's it's the it's the U.S. Open, Scott. Um, That's what I was thinking too. Yep, we're gonna check in with the U.S. Open. All right, they are checked in with the U.S. Open, and just a bit outside, what did you say? 
U.S. So U.S. Open. All right. Well, once again, you are both correct. It is the U.S. Open. Um, so Australians the first about mid-January or so. Um, French can be late May to early June, somewhere in that range. Wimbledon, the Ju- oh. June-July range. Okay. And then U.S. Open is August, September, somewhere in that ballpark. So our last tailgate question, question three. What U.S. women's soccer player famously ripped off her shirt after scoring the winning penalty kick in the 1999 World Cup final? We can check, check in. in. All right, well, everybody checked in at the same time. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and start with Eastbound and Down. Uh, I was 10 years old. This was a pretty big deal at the time. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Brandy Chastain. Yeah. All right, just about outside? Yeah, uh, it's definitely Brandy Chastain. And once again, you're both correct. It is Brandy Chastain. Scott, and you wear out that VHS tape of that count now? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, running yes. gag. <laughs> Something like that. Took my attention off me a ham. Let's, let's say that. Um, yeah, so she was actually inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, um, and also the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame. And at the end of our tailgate round, the score is knotted up at 30 apiece. So now we will move on to our first quarter, which will be the Dean's List. So for this round, there will be three top 10 lists where the teams will go back and forth guessing items on the list. If a team guesses incorrectly at any point in a list, the other team can attempt to finish the list out. Each team is allowed one mulligan to be used after an incorrect guess, and each item is worth 10 points. So we will start with our first list, and we will start with Eastbound and Down. And so your first list is to name the top 10 NCAA universities with the most final four appearances. So North Carolina. They are indeed number one with 20 final four appearances. So that's correct for 10 points. We'll go with that top one. Yeah, one, yeah, we're good. We'll go with Duke. Duke is number four on the list with 16. Um, um, UCLA. UCLA is tied for second with 17. So that is correct for 10 points. Our next one's going to be the University of Kentucky. They are also tied for second with 17. So that's 10 points for just a bit outside. Uh, we're going to go with uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. And they are correct for 10 points as well. They're number five on the list with 15. And I think uh, we're going to go with Michigan State. All right. Michigan State is on the list, number seven, with 10 appearances. Back to eastbound and down. I feel good about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Indiana. Indiana is tied for eighth, and so that is also 10 points. Yeah, I am, like I said, the, the, one I, the last one I sent you, I am almost positive. Okay, we're going to go with Ohio State. Ohio State is on the list. They are number six with 11 appearances. Good pull. Thanks, Eric. All right, let's go with that one then, Scott. All right, we're going to take your Ohio State, and we're going to throw back with uh, Michigan. Michigan is tied for eighth, so they are also on the list for 10 points. And now there's but one left, and just a bit outside is your turn. It's got – it has to – all right. Okay, go for it. Okay, uh, we're going to check in with uh, Louisville. Louisville is the last remaining one on the list. Hey, good pull. Two in a row, Eric. Nice. They are also tied for eight, even though they've had two vacated. So very well done on that, clearing the board. Minnesota had the one in 1997 that never happened. Yep, that's one of the four that's been uh, vacated. vacated. The only times that they've been vacated. Uh, Massachusetts, St. Joseph's, Western Kentucky all had all their final fours vacated so now we will move on to list number two in the nearly 220,000 major league baseball games played there have been 23 official perfect games 
So my task is for you to name the last 10 MLB pitchers to pitch a perfect game. So this time we will start with just a bit outside. Uh, we're going to check in with Mark Burley. Mark Burley is on the list. He did it in July 2009. Yeah, uh, Felix Hernandez. He is the most recent perfect game with in August of 2012, so that is also correct for 10 points. Pretty sure we can check in with Roy Halladay. Halladay is correct. He did it uh, May 29, 2010. Back to eastbound and down. All right, David Cohn. David Cohn is also correct. He did it in July of 99. I think, uh, I think Matt Cain. Matt Cain is also correct. Uh, it happened in June of 2012, so that's correct for 10 points. Uh, we are going to check in with David Wells. David Wells is correct. Happened in May of 98, the famous hangover game. Yeah. That was a perfect game. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it was against the Twins. I was sitting there thinking, God, I thought that was a perfect game. See, that's all right. Then I was mistaken. I apologize. Okay. Uh, We can check in with Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden did it on Mother's Day in 2010. That is a correct answer. We were holding on to that one. Even the yep. blind squirrel, look at that. I actually helped out. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan, I have another one we can hold on to. Okay. So we want to go with the one we've been kind of discussing. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's go with big unit, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson is corrected in May in 2004. We're going to check in with Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Kenny Rogers is correct. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering about that one. I knew he had one, but it was in the mid-90s, and I was wondering if it was far enough – all right, there's one more left. All right, Scott, if you think you've got it. I do. I'm pretty sure I remember him throwing a no-hitter, and it's – or I'm sorry, perfect game, and it's surprising to me that Eric hasn't come up with the name yet. We're going to check in with Philip Humber. He is the last remaining name on the list. That is correct. <laughs> I had the name. Yeah, he did. He typed it out. <laughs> um, that was the one in my pocket for, you yeah. know, when yeah, we that's, were out that, of names. That's, that's how we were with uh, Humber and Dallas Braden. We have one more list. Let's see if maybe this one gets to stump you. So your last list is to name the top 10 NFL career leaders in all-purpose yards. And according to the NFL, it's defined as rushing, receiving, interception return, punt return, kickoff return, and recovered fumble return yards. So all of those are included in all-purpose yards. I want you to name the top 10 NFL career leaders in all-purpose yards. So we will start with eastbound and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's go with Jerry Rice. He is number one on the list, 23,546, of which six of those are kickoff return, and only six. Uh, we're going to check in with uh, Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell is number two on the list, 23,330. All right, back to eastbound and down. Let's go with the first one you said. That's for sure on there. We're going to check in with Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith is correct, number four, with 21,564. And back to just a bit outside. All right, we're going to check in with Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is correct, number five on the list, 19,696. Okay, yeah, sweetness, Walter Payton. That's correct, number three on the list, 21,803. And I think next we'll go with uh, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk is number eight on the list, 19,190. So yeah, we'll go, with, we'll go with the one we have in between, Peyton and Marshall Falk. Okay, yeah. We're going to LT with uh, Danian Tomlinson. LT just makes the list at number right. 10, 18,456. All right, uh, we're going to check in with Frank Gore. 
And Gore is correct. Number seven with 19,243. Um, yeah, let's go with, uh, with Tim Brown. Tim Brown is correct. Number six, 19,682. How many do we have left, Mason? There is one left. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I like your guys. Uh, no pressure, but you guys got to get this so we can run all three lists. We are going to check in with Santana Moss. Santana Moss is incorrect. Um, I think we'll choose to use our mulligan now. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> figured that. So there's one other guy, and the only reason I have him in my head is returning a kick is because, you know, I've been, uh, you know, what, like I said the other day, was starved for sports. <laughs> and I've been watching a lot of uh, NFL primetime, old 90s, early 2000s NFL primetime. And I clear as I watched him just return a kick the other day. Um, so I th- think there's a possibility and his career was super long. Um, it might be Steve Smith. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I like it. Let's go with that. All right. We're checked in with Steve Smith. Steve Smith is the last remaining name. Hey! on the list. <laughs> 19,180, 10 yards behind Marshall Falk. So where was Santana Moss? Santana Moss doesn't even have 15,000, so I'm not sure oh, where wow. he is. So he's outside the top 37. We had Steve Smith on our short list of what the last one could have been. Um, so the ones right after that, Barry Sanders, Herschel Walker, Marcus Allen, Curtis Martin, Tiki Barber. So those are the next five. We had three of those. Herschel, Herschel yeah, he, he returned the kicks even when he was terrible yeah, at the end. He returned kicks. Yeah, and he had his, Barber's a little surprising. He had his fair share of like 90-yard-plus touchdowns too. I think he's, he's actually one of the only – players to have like a 90 yard punt return a 90 yard kickoff return and a 90 yard run in the same year now you just ruined a question for mason's third round good job (laughs) (laughs) all right hey good round boys yes this is awesome very well done i mean we only had one mulligan used and everything else was swept so you this was really easy you guys know all this stuff so so at the end of the first quarter we are still tied up but the score is now 180 to 180 now we will move into our second quarter, which will be pre and post game. So for this round, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question one, what MLB outfielder who played for the Thailand national baseball team later became a first-team all-NFL defensive lineman who one might say, really enjoys his snacks. You can uh, check in, Dan. Okay. Eastbound Down is checked in. So, since we can... You can say it out loud. Yeah. Who is it? No, so, so what it comes out, the um, defensive lineman whose name is Snacks, his nickname is Snacks Harrison, his first name is Damon. Oh, okay. So it's Damon so, yeah. Snacks Harrison, so it would be Johnny Damon Harrison. I like it. Go ahead. So let's go with Johnny Damon Harrison. Right. Check in with that. All right, so just a bit outside is checked in with Johnny Damon Harrison. What about Eastbound and Down? Uh, the snacks clue was a dead giveaway. It's Johnny Damon Harrison. And you are both correct. It is Johnny Damon Harrison. So Johnny Damon's mother is Ty, and so that's why he was oh. in um, And he also apparently got a concussion in high school by Warren Sapp. So fun fact. Question two. What play-by-play announcer who was offered – $1 million to commentate videos on an adult video website was the first manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
We can check in. Just about outside is checked in. I got to think about the manager. I think the manager is Bob Brenly, right? The first Ironbacks manager. No. Um, or was it? Oh, oh, it was. It was. It's Buck Showalter. Joe Buck. It was Buck Showalter. Yeah, Joe Buck Showalter. That's going to be it. Yep. Yep. We're going to check in with Joe Buck Showalter. Eastbound Downs checked in with Joe Buck Showalter, and just about outside. We also checked in with Joe Buck Showalter. And that is the correct answer. Question number three. What tight end for the Browns and Dolphins, who retired in 2017, has led the New Orleans Saints in sacks seven of the eight past years, hitting a career high with 50 and a half sacks in 2019? We can check in. Eastbound Downs checked in. Okay. I'm trying to think of New Orleans defensive lineman, and that's the one. It's Cameron. No, it it is Cameron Jordan. I'm trying to think of the tight end. He wouldn't. He would. Jordan Cameron was a player, right? Or was he a baseball player? That's what I said. No, Cameron Jordan's the Saints guy. Yeah. So Jordan Cameron Jordan? That's what I was thinking. Jordan Cameron was a football player. I, I, for some reason, yeah. I, have him as, I have him as a baseball player in my head. Let's do Jordan Cameron Jordan. I like it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's check in with it. All right, so just a bit outside is checking in with Jordan Cameron Jordan, and he's bowing down. Uh, we can check in with a much more confident Jordan Cameron Jordan. <laughs> and the correct answer is Jordan Cameron Jordan. Wow. That's I what I was, was saying, bud. I, I thought... <laughs> I was talking about one guy. You were talking about. Oh, yeah, the other I, we, guy. we we completely we passed each other. The same guy. <laughs> when it hit me, I was I was thinking, no, no way is that. Oh, that's, that's why I said, I'm like, would he? No, he would. I have to say, right now, I know in our we've only been around for a couple of episodes here, guys, but I think that is my all-time favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. What I like about that is if you can do it either way, you can do Jordan Cameron Jordan or Cameron Jordan Cameron. And then, like it worked both ways. It's perfect. Yep. Um, so apparently the Dolphins Twitter got confused as well. They thought they had signed Cameron Jordan when in fact they had signed Jordan Cameron. Um, so in Dolphins fashion, they did that. Yeah, I remember something about that being goofy, yeah. And they also did that in an episode of the league as well. Someone drafted Cameron Jordan instead of Jordan Cameron. So a similar situation. Question four. What former UAB quarterback slash wide receiver slash kick returner who briefly filled in for an injured Brett Favre also won the 2012 U.S. Open and the 2018 Players' Championship on the PGA Tour? I think we can check in with that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We're checked in. Just a bit outside is checked in. Where's your head at, Dan? Um, I, I think it's Webb Simpson. I think it's Spurgeon Webb Simpson. I know Spurgeon Webb was a uh, was one yeah. of the few quarterbacks that yep. got in between Favre and uh, yeah I, Rogers. I, I feel very very good about that. Yeah, um, yeah, Spurgeon Webb Simpson. Let's do that. All right, so Eastbound Down is checked in with Spurgeon Webb Simpson, just about outside. So uh, Daniel, I think you're thinking of Spurgeon Win. Spurgeon Win. Oh, you're right. Dang it. I think the uh, quarterback you're thinking of is Joe Webb Simpson. Joe Webb from the Vikings. Yeah. Yep. And the correct answer is Joe Webb Simpson. So the last question pre and post game, what shooting guard slash small forward who was traded from the thunder to the Clippers for numerous first round draft picks 
had ice running through his veins as a nine-time all-star for the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, we couldn't check in. Eastbound Downs checked in. Oh, it's Paul George. And then George. Paul, Paul George went to play with uh, Kawhi Leonard in okay. L.A. Oh, okay. And then George. Not George Gervin. Ice through his, yeah. For San Antonio? George Gervin was the ice man. Yeah, right? Ice okay. in his veins. So Paul George Gervin. Yeah, he's the ice man. We're going to check in with Paul yeah. George Gervin. Just a bit outside, checks in with Paul George Gervin and eastbound and down. Uh, take this one away, Dan, but there should be some sort of reward when you come up with it within 30 seconds, and then it takes the other team 30 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go for it, Dan. No, I mean, that's, that's what you had. It, it took me a second to get there. I mean, I did get there eventually, but yeah, it's Paul. It's Paul George Gervin. And that is the correct answer. It is Paul George Gervin. So Paul George was traded uh, for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Garinari, five first-round picks, and the rights to swap two other first-round picks. So pretty big haul. Heading into halftime, we have the scores eastbound and down 260 and just a bit outside in the lead with 280. So now it is time for the halftime show. There will be five movie and or music questions that are about or involving sports, with each question being worth 20 points. Your first question, what fictional university does Bobby Boucher play for in The Waterboy? We can, uh, Matt, we can check in. All right, just about size checked in. This is all you, Dan. I'm not a, a fan of Adam Sandler, so I don't watch his movies. I'm... Pretty sure it's just the University of Louisiana. That sounds like a Mason question, so yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's definitely in Louisiana. I think it's just the University of Louisiana because there famously isn't one. Right. Sounds good to me. All right. Yeah, we'll go with the University of Louisiana. Eastbound and down checked in with University of Louisiana and just a bit outside. Uh, so we checked in with South Central Louisiana State University, the SCLSU Mud Dogs. <laughs> and SCLSU is the correct answer. Question two. What university is mentioned in the chorus of the Steely Dan song, Deacon Blues? I got to sing through it. Hold on. Oh, I got it. I, we can, we can, we can. Uh, we're going to check in. You guys are checking we're, in? Yeah, we're, we're, we're checked in. Eastbound Downs checked in. So did you say the name of the song, Mason? Uh, yes. The song is called Deacon Blues. Deacon Blues. So who was the Deacons? Wake Forest. We'll check in with Wake Forest. Just a bit outside. checked in with Wake Forest. Eastbound and down. I think the song goes a little bit like, They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call me Deacon Blues. Deacon Blues. Yeah, it's Alabama. And Alabama Crimson Tide is the correct answer. That's, that's called audio gold right there. So the Deacon refers to Deacon Jones um, and not the Wait Forest Demon Deacons. So that is who the Deacon is referenced. I like my answer better. Yeah, we just need one more of those so we can tie you back up. I know. Make up for my mistakes. Question three. I want you to name two of the three Major League Baseball players explicitly mentioned in John Fogarty's center field. So you only have to name two out of the three. Yeah, we're checked in. Just a bit outside, checked in. Eastbound yeah. down. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm good with that, Dan. Yeah, it's the, the, the one that, that is easy to remember is the Joe DiMaggio. That one's in there. I thought it was um, Dom. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the remix with Dom. <laughs> um, I think it's – he's telling Willie Mays to tell Cobb to say hey to Joe DiMaggio. So um, sure. I guess Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb and Joe DiMaggio. So Eastbound Down is checking in with Ty Cobb and Joe DiMaggio. And just a bit outside. Yeah, um, he mentions both uh, Jolton Joe DiMaggio and the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. And so the three correct answers that you had to say two out of three of were Willie Mays, Ty Cobb, and Joe DiMaggio. So both teams get points on that one. And supposedly the brown-eyed handsome man that he references is Jackie Robinson, who never played center field. So, No, it was Dan Lundberg. I have green eyes. Listen, he's saying for two songs in a row, can we get the, can, can we keep this going? Yeah. Please make Dan sing again. Yes, but like only a song that Dan knows and not the other team, preferably. <laughs> Catch up here. Another Deacon Blues is what you're asking. Yes. <laughs> Any, anything in the Steely Dan catalog would be fine. <laughs> Just have an all my Steely weakness. Dan category. Yeah. Question four. The Milwaukee Beers and Dallas Felons are two teams that play what sport created by Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer in a 1998 film? We can check in. We are also checked in on that. <laughs> All right, yes. everybody's checked in. We'll start with Just a Bit Outside. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies and probably shouldn't be, but it's Basketball. Just about Outside is checked in with Basketball. And he's bounding down your answer? Oh, yeah, it's Basketball. It is indeed Basketball. So you're both correct. Um, some of the other team names that I didn't mention, the Detroit Lemons, the Los Angeles Riots, uh, Miami Dealers. There's a boatload of names, but yep, that is the correct answer. Last question of halftime. Question five. Even though he has been out of the major league since 2017, there's no need to feel down for former Brewers starting pitcher Taylor Youngman, who used what song as his walk-up music? Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. And we are checked in. This is an incredible question, Mason. Eastbound Down is checked in. Feel down. It's either got to be a song about like down, down or something or get up or it's got to be something like that. So there's no reason to feel down. Uh Oh, what are you doing up there? That was a stretch. That was a stretch. Pump it up there, Dan. Is that what you're saying? I think I might get to sing. (laughs) (laughs) That means it's a bad song. We've narrowed it down. I don't know. Um, it's a I song I've it. never heard. I'm sure of it. Uh, I got. No, I have less than zero. And I might sing with you. Yeah. It has to. It would have to do, have to do something with his him his name, or else well, why would this? Because who? I don't know who he is. Mason, what was his name again? Taylor Youngman. I can spell that for you if you'd like. That helps. Is, that a, is it important <laughs> if you spell it? I'm, I'm just offering. I didn't say it was. I'm just offering if you want. Taylor Youngman. So, Youngman. So, it's got to be YMCA. Would somebody walk out to that? I don't know. Just telling you. His name is Youngman. You can do it. How's that, how's that song? The young man. It, make, it, it makes sense. Matt managed to make me dislike that song even more just now. 
It's not a bad song. Say it the y- yeah, we're going to go with that. Since you don't yeah. know, we're going to go with YMCA. So Checking just in. Outside. Just checked in with YMCA and eastbound and down. Well, the, the line goes, young man, there's no need to feel down. I said, young man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be the YMCA. I, I don't remember Taylor Youngman, but that's got to be it. The correct answer is YMCA by the village people. Come on. Come on. Ah. <laughs> Matt, you had to back into that answer. Huh? <laughs> That's my favorite clue so far. That's oh, come awesome. on. I just found out about that. I was looking at walk-up music, and I found him, and I was like, this has got to be something. Yeah, like that. that's excellent. Cameron um, so Jordan, man. Jordan Cameron's got to be my all-time like, favorite on that one. Am I wrong for not knowing who this guy is? Is this no? Nobody oh, no, knows who this guy not, is. Okay, did not last in the major. <laughs> didn't phone. do much. Uh, he pitched a complete game for Texas in the 2009 College World Series against LSU, um, which they ended up losing. Um, and he's now signed a minor league deal with the Rangers after playing uh, for the Yamiuri Giants. So, not very notable in any way. So after halftime, we have. Eastbound and down with 340 points and just a bit outside maintaining their lead with 360 points. Quite a barn burner going on. And so we will move to our third quarter, which will be David versus Goliath. So this round will consist of five pairs of questions, one easier, the David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. So question one, David, what double A team did Michael Jordan play for in 1994? And your Goliath, which current MLB manager coached Michael Jordan during his stint with that double A team? Uh, Dan, we can take Goliath. I know this for a fact. Really? Okay. Yes. We're going to take the Goliath question, Mason. So Eastbound Down is taking the Goliath question. I mean, unless you think you're going to get to it, I say we play it safe. Um, I w- Terry Francona. I have no idea. Well, is he anywhere now? Is Terry Francona still in the majors? I thought he retired a couple of years back. Did he? Re- All right. We are going to take the David question. And we're going to answer it with the Birmingham Barons, right, Eric? Yeah. Birmingham yeah. Barons. So just a bit outside is taking the David question and going with Birmingham Barons. And eastbound down, you went with the Goliath and your answer. you mind if I take this one, Dan? Oh, t- take it. <laughs> it's Terry Francona. <laughs> Son of a... So the David answer is Birmingham Barons, and the Goliath is indeed Terry Francona. I, I, if you backed into that question, I was leaving. I was like, th- there's no way. I'm surprised you pulled a random coach, and that's the one that you came only, up with. Only reason I pulled his name out, because I was reading about Prince Fielder today, and it said that he, as a third base coach, threw a pitch to him when he was 12 years old, and he like put it in the upper deck. It's the only reason Terry Frank won't have popped in my head. And he did that because Cecil was on the White Sox at the time. No, it was actually with Detroit. Oh, okay. He was a third base coach for the Tigers in 96 um, before going to the Phillies and then Red Sox. And then. Yeah, I recently read something, an article about Jordan, uh, the whole Barons thing. And like to this day, him and Terry Frank are really close. They like hang out and grab beers and all the time, I guess. Yeah, Francona did an interview on Sports Center, and that's when I found out about this. That's why I was really interesting. But he was talking about coaching Michael Jordan at the time and yep. dealing with his team now and all of that, which I found really interesting. Did that come up at all in that last dance? Yes. Probably. Maybe I, that's didn't what, maybe I don't know. I've watched about exactly three and a half minutes of last dance so far, 
<laughs> and I remember that specific part, and I couldn't remember the name because I suck. We needed that, Dan. Yeah. Nice job. Okay, question two. David, which NCAA team has won the most Rose Bowls all time with 25 wins? And the Goliath, the 1942 Rose Bowl was the only one not to be played in Pasadena. Where was this game played? Oh, Scott. I, I just had a thought. I may have the, I I may have the Goliath on this one. If you feel even somewhat confident, let's just do it. You know, we're playing with a lead, but it's a marginal lead. So, you know. I, I, I want to say I've heard something recently about this. That's so random that it's probably right. I mean, well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, I say we go for it. Yeah, well, we're going to check in with the Goliath. Eastbound Downs checked in with the Goliath. Just bit outside, you can talk. So are you willing to gamble those 30 points? Because we're already down, and it sounds like they might already have it. I'm, I don't, that's what I'm saying is I don't think I want to gamble on that. Okay, we're going to go with the David then. Yeah. Okay, so just a bit outside is going with the David, and go ahead and give me your answer for that. Uh, our, I checked in with uh, USC. So just about size, checked in with USC, and eastbound down you chose the Goliath, and your answer? Okay, so I, I'm pretty certain on this, and I've heard something about this since I moved to North Carolina. I'm pretty sure they couldn't use the West Coast at all because of the Japanese um, attacks. So I think they moved it to the home stadium of the team that was playing, and that would be Duke. So it was in Durham, North Carolina. So you're checking in with Durham, North Carolina. So the David answer is USC. So they have won 25 out of their 34 appearances. And the Goliath answer is Durham, North Carolina, home of Duke University. That would not be in my head had I not made the move from Minnesota to North Carolina. That's, that's all there is to it. I'm Great just, pull. Yeah. So you kind of danced around, kind of danced around the backstory. Um, so the reason was Pearl Harbor happened a few weeks earlier. They didn't want to have it on the West coast. So they moved it all the way to the opposite coast um, in Duke. And I found this quote, which was really interesting and kind of explains the insanity of it all. So the head coach for Oregon state, Lon Steiner gave an impassioned halftime speech which was interrupted by an inebriated fan looking to urinate in the Beaver locker room. So they're playing the Oregon State Beavers. Question three. David, Gila River Arena is the home arena for what NHL franchise? Goliath. Two NHL arenas about 2,000 miles apart are named after the same financial company, one of them being a saddle dome. What company are these two arenas named after? Uh, I'm 90... 5% sure we can check it with Goliath. All right, if you want to go with that, Eric, that's fine. I, I don't, I've never heard of that, but, oh, yeah, okay. I think that's right. Yep. So, yeah, we're, we're good. So, just a bit outside is checked okay. in. Are you okay if we check in with that Goliath? I, I think that makes One, sense. 1,000% I am. All right, so Eastbound Down is checked in. Go ahead and get your answer first. Um, the Saddle Dome is... Um, it's in Calgary, um, and the other one that would be is the one in um, in Toronto. I think it's uh, Scotiabank. 
So you've checked in with Scotiabank and yes. just a bit outside. Uh, we also checked in. It's, it's, I think it's the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And I think the other team, it's, it's, I don't think it's Toronto, but it's Ottawa. Is it Ottawa? Yeah. But Scotiabank. So you also checked in with Scotiabank. The correct answer is Scotiabank. So there's the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary. And then there's the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, which was formerly the Air Canada Center. Uh, yeah, it's it's the same. I mean, the oh, Raptors okay. play. The Raptors play. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You think I would know that? I think Ottawa's the Bell Center or something like that. I looked it up because they also have – there's two other ones I think they are the same. I, I wasn't getting that unless you said w- – without you saying the Saddle Dome, though. I mean, that's what made me think of the, the Canadian bank. Question four. David. How many consecutive games did Cal Ripken Jr. play in, surpassing the previous record set by Lou Gehrig? And for this, I'm going to need an exact number. And Goliath, what rookie third baseman replaced Ripken in the lineup on September 20th, 1998? Uh, hold on, Mason. You're, you're asking for how many he played in to pass Gehrig? I'm looking for the total consecutive game. So the, oh, okay. So not the, num- not the game that passed Gehrig. Yes, that's correct. I'm looking okay. for the total run. Okay. You guys aren't checked in, right? No, I'm trying to put my put my finger on that number. There's only there's only one reason I even have a faint idea here, Eric, and that's because at the time in the late '90s, I had that job working in sports radio, and the first job you get working in sports radio is engineering national games. So one Sunday night, there I am engineering an ESPN uh, baseball Sunday night game. And they had that big announcer, and I can't remember his name, but he had a big booming voice. And uh, they're doing the opening lineups, and they're talking about, you know, somebody, somebody starting at this position, everything like that. And all of a sudden, the as if, like, the world had ended, they say, Cal Ripken's not going to be starting tonight. And then somebody told a joke about the person replacing him. And that's what triggered it for me to remember that name. I'm trying to come up with the third baseman, Dan, and I'm, I'm racking my brain. Well, I hope you get that. <laughs> I have like that entire 98-99 Orioles roster in my head. And like, I'm trying to think of who would have been a rookie. The September 98, he would have been a September call up. Can I have just the last name? I would be okay with that. Okay. Yes. Then Eric, I'm like. We got to make a point, so go for it. I'm like 75% confident. We got to gamble. Yeah. Let's check in. We're checked in with the Goliath. Just a bit outside, checked in with the Goliath. So eastbound and down, you are free to discuss. I don't know the exact number for David. I, I don't either, which is why I went right. I, in my head, I've been behind the Goliath because I, that's a needle in a haystack for me. Getting well, not I that. can get us within. 10, but I, yeah. I, I don't know if I can get the exact number. I mean, I could have gotten. That's how I feel too. And they trying to get, come up with the third baseman. Like everyone I'm thinking of was already on the roster. Mike Bordick with that shortstop. He didn't slide over to third. It was a, it was a rookie, right? Right. It was a rookie. So that eliminates like BJ Serhoff and Chris Hoyles. A name that came to mind, but I'm pretty sure he came up through the Mets system before he went to Baltimore was Melvin Mora. I know he played third base for the Orioles for a while in the early 2000s. Mm. Pretty sure he came up through the Mets system, so that would eliminate him. The, the number's going to be in the 2630s. 
For some reason in my head, there's an eight. 2638. I want to say it was lower. Like, like below five, like below five, 32, 33, something like that. I, I, I don't have anything confident enough on the Goliath, so we might as well take a stab at the David and hope that they get the Goliath wrong. I'm going to, like, kick myself when I hear the third pick. Yeah. So I what do you think? 26, not... 30, pick a, pick a number. I think I'd it's go a little with, five, though. I'd go with two. 32? Yeah. 26, 32? All right. Yeah. Let's, 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 should we check in with that, 26, 32? Yep. All right. Checking in with 26, 32. So eastbound and down is checking in with 2632. And just about outside, you chose the Goliath. And what was your answer? Yeah, so there I was sitting there, and I remember the commentators on the radio making some sort of joke. And I, I think this is the guy. I think his last name is Minor because he was a minor league call-up, and he was called up in the September. So I'm pretty sure his last name was Minor. They made some joke about it. So, yeah, I don't know his first name but I think his last name is Minor. I know his first name. Ah. So we'll go ahead and do the Goliath one first. The correct answer is Ryan Minor. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice job, Matt. Um, he was drafted in the second round of the 96 NBA draft. And uh, then he played baseball for a while. Only a couple <laughs> years. Um, and the David answer is 2,632. So you... Eastbound down, you get three oh, points. Wow. Good call on that one, then Scott. Yeah, that that one stood out. Like after, yeah. So, so that guy we, was in the NBA. He was drafted in the second round of the '96 NBA draft and never played. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he ever ended up playing in the NBA. Um, he was drafted by the 76ers and then ch- chose to play baseball. Was um, he Harold Miner's brother? I was just gonna say that. <laughs> no, it's not that I can see. Or. Uh, he had a twin brother named Damon. Who played for the Giants? The Giants, yep. Whose mother was Ty. Oh, man. I'm so upset. The last question. Question five, David. Bill Russell won two NCAA championships while playing at what university? And your Goliath. Bill Russell has coached three different NBA teams. The Boston Celtics as a player coach and what two other teams? You're going to shoot me, Eric. Just earlier today, not kidding, I was looking at Bill Russell's Wikipedia page to see what years he won the championship as the player coach. And I, I remember seeing the two of the teams and going, oh, he coached two of the teams. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I don't remember the two teams. <laughs> so it would be a good time for it. I know one of the teams. Yeah, I, I know that too, Dan, 100%. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't feel confident enough on the, the Goliath for us to, to go for it. The game's too close right. to not get points, I think, at this point. So I think unless we're sure, we just go with David. So you guys aren't checking in yet, right? No. Yeah, but you're right. I don't think I'm going to come up with I, – I think, I think I may have one of them, but I, I don't think I can. Yeah, and I don't think it's worth it. The game's close. We've got, you know, put your fours up coming up. Yeah, we let's 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 just do it then. Let's right, yep, we'll let's check put it in, in their court. We'll, we'll check, check in with, with, David. with David. All right, so Eastbound Down has checked in with the David. Just about outside, you're free to discuss. So Eric, do you know the David? No. That's for some reason I have stuck in my head that he played for San Francisco State 
because I think he's an East Coast or a West Coast guy. He is. He moved back to the West Coast to coach after he coached the Celtics. But I think that first answer you get with the with the Sonics, did they even exist? He must have been, that must have been the late 70s. Yeah. So it would have been like, because I think the two years that he coached the Celtics as a player coach was like, 68 and 69 but i think there might have been another year or two in there that he coached the celtics or he wasn't a player coach and they didn't win the championships because i remember looking at his wikipedia and thinking oh because he won how many championships did he win as a as a player coach it was 68 and 69 i think and then later on he coached like you know 72 to 75 with one team and then like in the late 70s with another team so that makes sense with the Sonics, right? Because they came in like around the mid seventies, right? So the, the, I, I have the Sonics for pretty much the same reason you. Like I was on his Wikipedia page, and I that's I saw the Sonics, I saw the Celtics, and there was a team under it. And I, uh, when did the when did the Kings come into the league? They weren't an ABA team. They were in the eighties. I'm so, gonna say I'm saying it's it's either got to be Golden State or Sacramento, one of those two teams. So my when you said not LA, my first guess would have been the Kings. Yeah, I I don't know when they started, but I know purely because of my video game knowledge. Yeah, um, when I play NBA 2K and you flip through all the jerseys, yeah, like you see like all their old names and stuff. So I know they're very they've been around for a while. It's so no then, chance the Lakers because I know almost every not not that I know every Laker coach, but. I know Bill Russell. If I, if he would have been the coach of the Lakers, it yeah, that's that's like sacrilege in the that seventies sixties NBA era. So, so it's got to like be better? an LA team. It's got to be a West Coast team. It's got to be either Golden State or Sacramento. And if you say that Sacramento was your first hunch, then I say we go with Goliath and we say Seattle and Sacramento. Sounds good to me. We are checking in with that. So just a bit outside is checking in with Seattle and Sacramento and eastbound down, you chose the David and like your answer. Oh, Matt, I was certainly hoping you were going to go with David because there are two universities in San Francisco, San Francisco state and San Francisco, the Dons. Uh-huh. And he played for San Francisco, uh-huh. not San Francisco state. Okay. So eastbound down checked in with San Francisco for the David question. And that is the correct answer. It is San Francisco. And for the Goliath, Bill Russell coached from 73 to 77 for the supersonics. And in 87 for part of a season, he coached the Sacramento Kings. Wow. <laughs> nice job. Have gotten some pretty fairly luck, cool. lucky ones, buddy. Eric, you and I. <laughs> We're running on fumes, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jerry Reynolds got fired during the season, and then Bill Russell was the interim head coach for the Kings for a while, and they did not do well. Um, no. And apparently, as a side gig, he invested a quarter million dollars in a Liberian rubber plantation that failed completely. So that was his side investments. Pretty sure he went bankrupt multiple times for things. But after the third quarter... We have Eastbound and Down with 530 points and just a bit outside maintaining their lead with 550 points. So it is still anybody's game as we head into our fourth quarter, final round known as Put Your Fours Up. 
And this round consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each so as to not exceed their current point total. And your categories for the fourth quarter are MLB pitchers, NBA debuts, NFL coaches, NCAA records, and tennis feats. So it is now time for our teams to place their wagers via Zoom chat. All right, I'm going to send that to Mason then, all right? Sounds good. You've checked in with our uh, wagers. He's bound down, has checked in with their wagers. All right, all right man, did you send that over? All, yeah, I sent yes, they've been sent over. I'm just double-checking. So. I didn't make a fat-finger mistake. Although Cy Young has the most MLB career wins with 511, which pitcher has the most career wins in the live ball era with 363? And we can go ahead and check in. Yeah, we're checked in. So he's bound down. He's checked in. Okay. So the initial thoughts that came to my mind were either Nolan Ryan, but I don't know. I know he, I'm pretty sure he has over 300 wins. Um, but then, so I'm the dead ball era is a vague phrase because I That's always think I of Walter Johnson as being the most prolific winner after Cy Young, but I don't, I, he's got like over 400, but I don't know if he's dead ball. I don't era. know if that's considered dead ball era. I mean, Walter Johnson was kind of right at the end of the Cy Young era. Cy Young, I think retired sometime like in the teens. And I think Walter Johnson came in in the twenties sometime, I think twenties, thirties and forties, I think is when he pitched. Okay. Um, but that's but I don't know if that's considered the live ball versus the dead ball. Well, that's that's what I'm, I always think I'm of like on. that. Sorry, I always think of that '20s era baseball with like the uh, the murderers row and stuff as being dead ball, and like the live ball being starting in the '30s. So I'm not sure. Okay. So, if, but I, I still my question that, to you though is though even if we go let's say we cut it off at 45, right? Sure. Okay. So if we cut it off at 45, then we have you your your one that you mentioned was Greg Maddox. If, the, and, if, if 45 is your year, then I have a different answer. Okay. What is your answer then? Then I would, I would say spawn, but I wasn't sure when spawn. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot of wins. Cause but, my, the only reason I have that is because he, I don't know can, the era. Can I be a be jerk honest. and ask for a definition of what the dead ball era is? Not after we check in, right? Yeah, we've already checked in. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, Walter Johnson played the majority of his career, I'd say, in the 20s and the 30s. So okay. I would, I would, if you asked me when the dead ball era was, it would be after I him. would say it's after that. So okay. if you're saying it's Spawn, because he, when did he play? He was 30s, 40s, and 50s? I want to say 40s through the 60s. Really? Okay. Well, let's go with that then. If you want to, if you're confident with that, then let's check. I know for sure I'm, it's not, it's, I think whenever we think of like 40s era Joe DiMaggio or 50s era Joe DiMaggio and even like the late 40s of Dom Splendid, Splendid, DiMaggio, Dom, Dom. Vincent. I, that's all the live ball era. That's all 40s for sure. 40s sure, for sure. Is definitely. Ball. Yep. Okay. So if you're saying that 45 is the cutoff, then spawn is your number. I'm good with that. Okay. Because I know Greg Maddox had over, I want to say, around 350. 
I'm pretty sure he didn't. He he passed Nolan Ryan. I don't know. I keep on forgetting Nolan Ryan played for like a billion years, but he also played on some really bad teams that got gave him no run support. So if you're fine with it, then I'm fine with it. But I like I checked. Go ahead and check him. All right, we're checked in. All right, so you're checking in with Uh, Warren Spawn. Warren Spawn. How many points did you wager? We wagered seventy-five points. Okay, and eastbound and down, your answer and your wager. We said Warren Spawn for 100 points. And both teams will be getting points because the correct answer is Warren Spawn. Yeah, um Nolan Ryan doesn't have as many wins as you think he does. I mean, he he's over 300, but he's Steve Carlton ended up with more wins than he did. So Nolan Ryan had 324 and uh Roger Clemens who you, sorry, uh, Greg Maddox who you mentioned is 355, so just a few behind Warren Spawn on that list. And that was the, 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 the um, Greg Maddox was the reason why I thought you might have your number wrong because I knew Spawn was higher than, than that. And I thought he was not dead ball. So, yes, I apologize for that. Yeah. I should so what's, so what, what's dead ball? Um, so the dead ball era is pre-1920. Um, the main event that kind of made this switch was when uh, Ray Chapman was killed by a pitch during a game. Um, and so they made some changes throughout that season. Um, and then that's when the live ball era is considered to start. So 1920 onward is the live ball era. So quite a bit earlier than the 1940s, as you said earlier. Okay, question two. In the category of NBA debuts, drafted in 2005, who is the youngest player to ever play in an NBA game at the age of 18 years, six days? We're going to check in. Bound down is checked in. We're checked in with Andrew Bynum. Just about size checked in with Andrew Bynum. And how many points did you wager? We wagered 75. 75. Okay. Eastbound and down your answer and wager. Take it, Scott. Uh, we wagered 100 points and we also checked in with Andrew Bynum. And once again, both teams are getting points because the correct answer is Andrew Bynum. So he played six minutes in a game against the Nuggets um, and was the record for youngest player. Um, next on that list is Jermaine O'Neal and then Kobe Bryant. So those are the next two youngest to play in an NBA game. In addition, uh, the rule that you were talking about got implemented in the 2006 CBA, which said that you had to be 19 years old and be one year removed from high school. So it was the very next year after that that it was implemented. And also LeBron's 2003. Was he? All right. Okay, question three in the category of NFL coaches. Although best remembered for coaching the Green Bay Packers, with which team did Vince Lombardi end his coaching career? We're checked in. Just about size checked in. Not a lot of do Packers questions when we know Matt's a contestant. Scott, it might just be because we've been talking about him so much, but I think it's the I think it's the Redskins. Sure. Why not? <laughs> let's uh, let's let's check in with the Redskins. Okay, so Eastbound Down is checking with the Redskins. And how many points did you wager? We went 100 again. And just a bit outside, your answer and wager? Yeah, we wagered 100. And uh, after Super Bowl II, he decided to go take his talents to the East Coast and went to the Washington Redskins because they gave him a percentage of the ownership, ownership group. And the correct answer is the Washington Redskins. 
So the one year he coached was 1969. He went 7-5-2. And prior to that, of course, he was Packers head coach. And prior to that, he was the Giants offensive coordinator for five seasons. And his defensive coordinator was Tom Landry. Mm -hmm. So two of the greatest all time right there on the staff. Question four in the category of NCAA records. What NCAA Division I player has the most career triple doubles with 26? This player is also the only one to record 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists in their NCAA career. I don't think I have a better one than that, Dan. Yeah, I'm not going to come up with anything better than that either. Well, uh, we'll check in. Eastbound and down has checked in. So I my, my immediate thought was going to be Jimmer Fredette. What? Um, yeah. Cause, but there was a guy after Jimmer that at BYU. <laughs> is that a, is that a human being? A Jimmer? You've never Fredette? heard of, you've never what heard of Jimmer Fredette. Fredette. I think one, He's not I from think New York, one, Eric. I think one time when I, uh, was on the South side of Chicago, there was a street vendor selling some Jimmer Fredettes. They were good. <laughs> no, but like Jimmer Fredette was like this, he was, I forget what his nickname was in basketball, but he he, he ruined my uh, NCAA pool one year because I thought he was going to like take over the <laughs> tournament, and he didn't. Um, but there was a guy after that. He has the same last it. name as... He's got the same last name as an announcer, and I can't think of what announcer. Um, Al Michaels. Uh, yes. No, um... Uh, just name just start listing. No. Start listing announcers as soon as you hit it. I'm gonna know. Uh, I can't believe they're doing this again. <laughs> Harry Carey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? The uh, Harlan Bob Harlan. No. <laughs> uh, Bob, not Bob Harlan. He wasn't. Bob Harlan was the president of the Packers. It would be uh, Kevin Harlan. Um, no. let me think here. Uh, Wilson. Johnson, Olsen, Svensson. Um. Samsonite. <laughs> Samsonite. I was oh, I got, way, I got off, it. way off. I got it. You got, got it? it? I got it. Uh, I don't know his first name, so we don't need that? No. Okay. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure he went to BYU. His last name is Colin, Collinsworth? Let's uh, – I mean, I, we got to make up points. Let's check in with Collinsworth. So just about size checking in with Collinsworth and eastbound and down your, oh, sorry, uh, just about side. What was your wager? 50. Okay. And eastbound and down your answer and wager. We, we said Oscar Robertson, but I'm positive now that they got it. Um, but we wagered 75. Well, neither team is getting points. Oh, um, the correct answer is Sabrina Ionescu. Oh, yeah. She just got drafted. Yes, she was drafted number one overall by the Liberty. A couple um, weeks ago, yeah. And so she is the only one to have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists, as well as 26 career triple-doubles. Um, but Collinsworth, you mentioned, um, actually had 12 triple-doubles in his career. That's Kyle Collinsworth for BYU. Um, I knew he was BYU, and I, it was after Jim Fredette, right? Uh, he played from 2010 to 2016, and he had a two-year yeah. mission in between. Okay, so Jimmer Fredette was right like 2011, I think it was his last year. They probably played together then. Yeah, right. yeah they would have. For a brief time, I suppose. 
That was a great pull, though, for Collinsworth. When you started saying announcers, I was like, he's getting on to I was like, here they are again. This is, this, is, this is a Matt team staple. And when you're on his team, it's great. And when you're not, it's so frustrating. He just starts – he's – it was actually Talk Scott. Random crap. <laughs> Scott, when you said Samsonite, I don't know what happened, but my head, like it, something clicked as soon as you said Samsonite. I don't know. It was like when Matt sang or freaking sang that song. Right. <laughs> Just John Tesh. Synapse fired, and it, it, we were good. You know what, Scott? Now that I'm now that I'm thinking this through, I'm not certain they kept enough records well, back then they probably did. Robertson played yeah, he probably, probably had a triple double every game um that's yeah, another easy. one I mean he averaged a triple double through a year in the NBA in the NBA right. where do you go to school I don't even know Cincinnati oh yeah, that's Cincinnati. right Bearcats so assist totals were um 50 51 and then discontinued 51 52 and then came back in 83 so um, and then shots and steals were also later on in the 80s. And our last question of the fourth quarter in the category of tennis feats. Who is the only tennis player to complete the Golden Grand Slam, which is all four opens and an Olympic gold in a single calendar year? I'm 100%. We can, we can, we check, can check that in. Yeah. Eastbound Downs checked in. We're going to go ahead and check in with Serena Williams. So just a bit outside, I checked in with Serena Williams. And how many points did you wager? We wagered 700. No, 25. Wagered 25 points. Okay, eastbound and down, your answer in points? Um, we wagered 50 on this one. And it happened in 1988. Oh, no. And it was Steffi Graf. And one team is getting points. The correct answer is Steffi Graf. That's victory, boys. Yeah. Victory, so she did, she did do it in 1988. Um, she almost had another grand slam, calendar Grand Slam the next year, um, but lost to Arancha Sanchez-Vicario in the French Open. Easy for you to say. I had to write down the pronunciation just to make sure I got Arancha <laughs> right. So when, was, when was Serena Williams' Grand Slam? Didn't she, she had one, right? Had to. I am looking um, in a Calendar year, I don't see one where she won all four in a calendar year. Um, because I'm looking through the um, the closest she got was 2002 and 2015, but she never did won all four in a year. I don't know. No, I trust the, if you do the, the research, the, that's fine. the golden slam that Serena won is a career golden slam, not a single year mm-hmm. golden slam. Yeah, no, she didn't, she didn't win the French in 12 or the Australian, so. She won Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and a gold medal in 2012. So has she ever won all four in a single year? No. I mean, aside from the gold and just a regular glance or anything? No. She hasn't? No. no. I thought and she, she did. Absent I thought she had done it multiple times. That's so, so did I. Apparently oh. she hasn't, as far as I, as I see. All right. I'm changing my answer <laughs> to, to Novak Djokovic. <laughs> the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Just a bit outside, finishes with 725 points. And our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Matt Flynn Award, are the eastbound and down with 805 points. That's record. Yay. That is record, yeah. Good job, And that's guys. definitely cumulative points. 
definitely a record. Oh, yeah. Sure. That is awesome. Don't I love that award. Matt Flynn award. I like it. I had to go with that. Just LSU talking board. about him earlier today. Listen, he won me a fantasy football championship, all right? We should have won the Spurgeon win award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick scratch, yeah. Or the, or the Joe Webb award, either one. Right, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.